All right, friends, it's hoop ball promo time. This is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league the following is a hoop ball presentation Welcome back to another edition of your NBA Box Score Breakdown. As always, your lead host, David Bracey here, giving you all the need-to-know information as we preview this upcoming NBA season and keep you up to date with all the rumors, news, and otherwise. Tonight, I'm joined by two of our league favorites, the hosts of our Around the Association NBA pod. I got Brent and Doug both in the booth with me. Doug, Brent, how you guys doing this evening? Doing well. Glad to be back on here. As always, a lot of news to talk about. We're going to be busy tonight, that's for sure. Yeah, ready to go. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. And like you guys said, you know, there's been a lot of news flying left and right here as we approach the NBA draft, which I think everybody was kind of expecting. But one thing I think people may not have been expecting was the piece of news that we got, um, what was it, yesterday afternoon, yesterday evening, uh, about Russell Westbrook specifically wanting uh, to be exited from the Houston Rockets. Now, he has not made a direct trade request yet, um, but he pretty much has has done everything except for that. Um, And in regards to, you know, the rumors that we've been hearing just today, Kendrick Perkins was on the jump uh, talking about how, according to him and his anonymous source, um, which, you know, take Kendrick Perkins anonymous source for what you will. um, But according to him, you know, James Harden hasn't been in contact with the Houston Rockets front office and staff for uh, upwards of two weeks now. There's also been, you know, reports and rumors coming out about James Harden being aligned with that front office and having a strong desire to stay in Houston. But at this point, it pretty much all just is speculation. The only thing that is for certain is that there is definitely a problem in Texas. Houston, we have a problem um, and and it needs to be resolved. So Stephen Silas obviously recently added as the head coach, uh, first time head coach, but longtime NBA presence. Um, all of his comments up to this point have been that, again, he's aligned with the front office. He's aligned with ownership, the new general manager, president of basketball ops, Tillman Fertitta. Um, all of them have a strong desire to maintain the presence of James Harden in Houston. And they feel as long as they have him on the roster, they're in championship contention. Now, you can call that real talk or BS, whatever you feel it may be. But at this point in time, it seems like Houston is pivoting stronger towards a rebuild than um, than towards championship contention. So with that being said, uh, 
really quickly just want to go over Houston's unfortunate set of circumstances since what would have been uh, Chris Paul's injury late in that Golden State series. Um, the first time that they went up against each other goes down, obviously injures his hamstring. We don't see Chris Paul return. Houston there shortly thereafter loses to the eventual champion Golden State Warriors. Uh, a year later, they find themselves looking at Golden State again in an advantageous position to potentially knock them off and make an NBA Finals berth. Once again, we have an injury and it does not pan out. Golden State is able to get past Houston. Sands, can't, Kevin Durant, um, unfortunately, they weren't able to win a championship, but they were able to get past Houston. And what we see in the offseason shortly thereafter, uh, Russell Westbrook is brought in. Chris Paul is shipped out. And from there, we have kind of seen Houston just spiral and spiral and spiral to try to do whatever they can to kind of cobble together some talent on this roster around James Harden. Um, Doug, I'm going to start with you. In, in your opinion, if you're you know, a Houston Rockets coach here, Houston Rockets front office, you're James Harden. Where is your mind at right now? Because obviously we've heard that both of these guys, Russ and James, are very uncertain about the future with Houston. What do you think Houston's outlook is, is looking like? Well, first and foremost, you got to get your two superstars in the same room together, at least on the phone together. Uh, talk to them, find out what their mindset is, you know, where are they looking to go, kind of give give a, a pulse of the situation, uh, understand between the uh, the team leadership with the coach and the ownership, the general manager, and those two players. You need to get everybody on the same page. Whatever page that may be, we all need to be on the same page, in my opinion. So. I think, you know, with our two stars, Russell Westbrook and James Harden, if I'm the Houston Rockets, they have a long, long contract with a lot of money on the line. So you're either going to trade both of those, trade one of those guys, do a rebuild, or try to mend what you have already going and, you know, get uh, get a, a way forward. I think, like you had said, with Chris Paul going down, I think that was kind of the fall of the Houston Rockets, followed shortly by the fact that they got rid of um, – Clint Capella and traded him off, which was basically their, you know, superstar to be big man, uh, their future in the big man spot. They got rid of him and then they put PJ Tucker in there. So you're talking about PJ Tucker, who is you know a forward and you're putting him in a center spot, asking him to do more work. There's news out of Houston that he's not happy with his role or his contract. You know, go get paid eight million dollars when there's other forwards in the league that are getting paid way more for, you know, less work, basically. So a lot was put on PJ Tucker. I think this last year was their last ditch effort to try and make something happen in Houston. Uh, whenever it didn't happen with that small ball ditch effort that they had, you saw everybody start to jettison the ship. Basically, you know, D'Antoni left for assistant coaching spot. This is this is a head coach. He's been a head coach numerous times in the league. He left a head coaching position, the situation in Houston for an assistant coaching position. So you could definitely tell that he wanted out of Houston any way, shape or form. Um, and then you got Daryl Morey, who left, went to the 76ers. So people are starting to jettison this bad situation. And I think that they kind of left this new coach, which was an assistant coach there already under Dan Tony. Now they moved him into the head coaching spot. You kind of left him holding the bag. And, and that's kind of bad to do. But, you know, at, at this point, with this, this much involved, it's kind of every man for himself. So I don't fault James Harden or Westbrook. And I, as a Laker fan, I typically don't say that when it comes to them two guys. But. I don't fault those two guys for feeling the way that they do because, you know, they kind of they were kind of left going, OK, well, well, now what? We have our our long term coach that we thought we were going to have. He's gone. Our general manager is gone. We have really no direction. We have this assistant coach who's now the head coach. Is this a rebuild coming? And I, I think that 
there is some sort of rebuild coming for Houston, whether it be rebuilding by getting rid of both your superstars, uh, getting rid of one superstar and trying to bring in a big to rebuild what you currently have to make it stronger or just an overall rebuild of getting rid of both of the superstars. Something is going to happen here. Uh, you've got Eric Gordon, who's not happy with his role. I mean, his contract's great. I mean, he's he's got a long-term contract where his last year is going to be $20 million. So uh, Austin Rivers is, um, you know, it, I don't know. This is all rumors right now. We've never heard from the, from the source themselves, but Austin Rivers is not happy because he feels that he was barked at a time or two by James Harden. And uh, so people are just not happy in Houston altogether. I mean, they, they want out. They want change. They want some direction. So you got to get them all on the same page, all in the same room or on the phone call and, uh, and hash it all out. You got to come out leaving that room with some sort of direction that everybody's okay with, or at least that everybody knows what the direction is, whether it's up, down, sideways, or whatnot. So uh, it's it's going to be interesting. They they can't go forward with a small ball lineup anymore. They got to get a big in there. Um, Tyson Chandler is is not on the team anymore after this year. He was like the only main true traditional big, and he didn't even play. Uh, so. They got to get a big. They got to get somebody in there to hold that five spot down. PJ Tucker is just not cutting it. And in my opinion, if I was the Houston Rockets, I would trade Russell Westbrook. There's a lot of uh, offers out there right now. I saw one coming back from Indianapolis uh, with the Pacers and Miles um, Turner. Uh, I've seen, you know, talks about sending Russell Westbrook back to Cleveland to play with Kevin Love. I don't know how that would work out uh, in contracts or in, you know, actually team, chem- team chemistry. But uh, there's other options out there. There's talk now that Russell Westbrook may go to the the Charlotte Hornets, and I know that would make our other uh, hoopball podcaster Will happy because he's a, a Hornets fan. But um, you know they need a superstar. They need something to build around. Houston really, or I'm sorry, Charlotte really don't have anything to build around at this point. A couple of young guys and a new uh, draft pick coming in. So maybe Russell Westbrook going there would be good. It would get uh, a draft pick back for Houston, I believe, in that trade. Uh, maybe Houston could use that to, to try and rebuild, but you've got to have a direction and a way forward. So that's my long drawn out opinion on that. <laughs> no, I totally agree with, with all of that. Uh, Houston was a sinking ship and, and the rats were definitely bailing on it um, and, and continue to at this point. I, I never will understand the the Clint Capella trade. If, if small ball lineups worked, my high school basketball team would have been the best team in the country. Uh, but we were probably the worst team in the country because we were small. Um, whoa, I think whoa, I was whoa, like, whoa. back a, this up. Brent, you played basketball? <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Wow, I was, uh, this is breaking news. Breaking news. Yeah, breaking news right here. I had no idea. Well, I talk about basketball all day. I hope I played a little bit when I was younger. <laughs> oh, there's a difference between winning and talking about winning. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, if I'm talking about my team, I'm talking about losing. Uh, there was not not much winning <laughs> Too going on. on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, when it, when I'm your starting point guard, you're in trouble. That's for sure. But um, yeah, small ball lineups just you know they don't work. I mean, we've seen the hybrid lineup work. We've seen the rise of the tweener player, the six 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 seven star. You know, I remember in the in the '80s and '90s you know, guys who were six, 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 seven were, you know, they were called the tweener guys and they really couldn't, it was hard for them to find a place in the NBA. It was either you needed a star point guard or you needed a, a star big man to win. And now, now you win with wings. Um, so that change has happened, but you still, the Lakers showed us, um, you know, you still, you still need size to, to win it all. And, and Houston just is not going to win with, 
you know, a 30, however Tucker is, I don't know, what is he, early 30s um, at center. And and Covington's no spring chicken and injury prone. Eric Gordon's super injury prone. Westbrook is 35 years old. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at um, all these older guys. They gave it a shot. It didn't work. Now you got to break it up. I, I don't see... I don't see Harden Westbrook winning anything together with this team. Uh, like I said, I don't understand the Capella trade, but they did it. They could have gone big. They had Isaiah Frankenstein or Hartenstein, whatever that guy's name is, uh, off the bench, and they they never played him. Uh, so they they were committed to the lineup. They gave it a shot, and it didn't work. So now you got to break it up. I I do see Westbrook would be my first choice to go uh, if if you're deciding between Westbrook and Harden. I would not trade Harden. Uh, I st- I don't I doubt Houston trades Harden even, but I could see Harden getting pretty disgruntled with having to sit through a rebuild because uh, he's getting up there too. He's probably only got a two or three dominant years left at the most, so he's not really going to want to go through an entire rebuild either. So I could definitely see a trade demand coming at some point if they don't get something really good in return for for Westbrook. Uh, if they you know if they're able to send him to Charlotte. Uh, you know, get a pick and PJ Washington or something like that. That could be an interesting trade. Um, I know Daryl Morey over in Philadelphia has been rumored to be going after Harden. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. I don't know if they, if they have to give up. That was an interesting question I saw on Twitter the other week was, would you give up Simmons or Embiid for Harden? Personally, I would give up Simmons for Harden. I think a Harden-Embiid combo could be pretty awesome and I'd really like to see it. I'm just not the biggest believer in Simmons. The fact that, you know, he's been in the league a few years now and doesn't have enough confidence to shoot a jump shot is a huge red flag about him. And, you know, he's also seems to get hurt quite a bit too. Well, so does Embiid. So I, I could see Philadelphia shaking that up a little bit. Um, Cause I don't, I don't think you could get hardened for Tobias Harris or, or Josh Richardson or something like that. I think you'd have to give up either Embiid or, or Simmons for someone like Harden, a future all-star perennial all NBA player, you know, one of the, probably the best offensive player in the league. Uh, so Westbrook would be my first choice to go. I could definitely see him getting traded. I could see Covington and Tucker getting traded as well. I've seen some rumors for those guys going to the warriors, which would be interesting. Um, what they're able to put together there. I think that would be a, a pretty good fit depending on what the Warriors have to give up. Uh, I wouldn't give up a ton for those guys. I think drafting a wise man and using your $17 million trade exception and keeping Wiggins probably gives you a better team than, than adding a Covington or a Tucker. But, you know, Tucker's going to be a nice fit on any championship team, any competing team. He's going to be an awesome piece, even at his age. Just He's the most frustrating player when, when he's on the other team. <laughs> so it would be nice to, to have him on one of my teams for a change or uh, – you know, I'm sure there's plenty of teams out there that would rather have him than play against him. Uh, so there'll so there'll be a lot of contenders who'd be interested in him. So yeah, I, I agree with Doug. I think there's a ton of options out there for Houston. I definitely see them going more rebuild, which I think will inevitably trigger a James Harden trade request. Uh, you know, if if I was Houston, I would take a long look at that Westbrook for Miles Turner uh, deal that that Doug brought up that could be a perfect fit. It's it, you're not you're not really rebuilding. You're you know, kind of more restructuring at that point and giving uh, Harden another weapon down there, uh, and you know still letting him be ball dominant and you know giving Miles Turner a chance to stretch the floor a little bit and shoot threes like he seems to want to do, but also get that rim protector that you really need 
uh, down low. So I, I really like uh, that deal if, if that's able to get pulled off. I don't know how Westbrook's going to fit alongside Brogdon and uh, you know uh, and Oladipo. So we might see a, a domino effect with Oladipo getting traded and Westbrook going to Indiana and Turner going. Yeah, and then I you think get it's Turner this. and Oladipo to Houston for Westbrook. I think it's what it is. Well, pull the trigger, man. <laughs> I would take that in a heartbeat if I was Houston, for sure. I don't know what um, I don't know if Indiana stands to gain too much except for the star power from Westbrook there. Uh, but a West Westbrook Brogdon backcourt with Sabonis down low. I mean that, and uh, with the way T.J. Warren sort of emerged in the bubble, um, that could be a really scary, scary team. And you know if they can just put a couple of you know, keep guys like Justin uh, Holiday and defensive guys like that to make up for Westbrook's defensive shortcomings. Although he's a better defender than I think he gets credit for um, when he, when his heart's in it. That that could be you know an interesting way for both teams to kind of shake it up and and not have to take a huge step back. Uh, it could be a way to stay competitive for both teams and and mix things up a little bit. So I think that that would be a win win um, probably for both teams. Uh, but yeah, totally agree. Houston's Houston sinking. If they can pull off a deal like that and stay relevant, that's the best case scenario for them right now. Keep Harden happy. Keep him there. Uh, if they can avoid a Harden trade request, they've they've won. Yeah, I agree. And I and I think you know at this point it's just kind of uh, you're battling against the inevitable. Um, both of you kind of touched on it, but I, I'm in complete you know agreement with you. The Clint Capella trade made absolutely no sense. Um, I think, unfortunately, it was a set of circumstances where Daryl Morey was kind of forced, his hand was forced into making a deal. Um, and, you know, give him credit because he was able to pull off a pretty good deal. I, I think that that was like a four-team trade, which, you know, you very rarely see. Um, but, yeah, you know, when that happened, I think that he kind of took a look around the room and realized, you know, this is it. I think it was the same set of circumstances for Dan Tony. I mean, we're talking about, I mean, you look at both of these guys. These were guys who were, who were, were not hurting for, you know, NBA tenure as far as front offices wanting their services. These are well-known guys are well-respected, uh, you know, and according to Daryl Morey at the time, you know, he was thinking about taking a gap year to be with his children where that gap year turned into a gap week. And now, you know, he's out East and uh, Dan Tony walked away from a head coaching job to be an assistant, you know, granted on a star studded staff with a star studded roster. But, you know, I mean, that's definitely a pivot and it's clearly having something to do with, the, the culture of Houston and it's getting to a point again where, you know, how many superstars is James Harden going to have on his team before he realizes and recognizes he's the one who needs to go join somebody else. You know, it didn't work out with Dwight Howard. It didn't work out with Chris Paul. It didn't work out with Russell Westbrook. You know, how many high caliber all NBA type guys are you going to be lucky enough to be able to bring in with, especially with the limited assets that you have right now as Houston and, you know, add on top of all the, the turmoil that you have inside of the locker room with, you know, the reports coming out about Air Gordon, about Austin Rivers, about PJ Tucker, about Daniel house, who I was very surprised to hear him griping about anything, considering the fact that he was having house calls during the bubble that ultimately may have costed his team, <laughs> several games so you know but but there's clearly you know that there's there's some friction in houston and uncertainty about what's going to be coming next and all of that stems from james hart you know because do or die i mean you're going to you're going to do or die on, on the beard i mean 
He is a very, very unique, rare NBA talent offensively. I mean, he he's doing things that we have not seen in over 50 years, and I, I expect him to continue to do those things. But it's just a question of when he's going to wake up and recognize, well, I, I can't keep doing this here. And for Houston, I think the emphasis is on them to make that move with him because that's going to be the most harmonious way for them to pivot into the future, in my opinion. And when you have a guy like James Harden potentially on the block, I mean, that changes the conversation for a lot of teams. I mean, we were talking about how teams were preparing to shuffle cap space around for Giannis. If you put James Harden on the block with more immediacy, because in my opinion, if Russell Westbrook is out of there before the season begins, Harden, we probably got up to the trade deadline this year for Harden in a Houston Rockets jersey. And then I think it's, it's going to be on to the next because – you just do not have the continuity of a roster to be able to promise him championship contention, especially if, if Westbrook walks out the door. Because to both of your points, what kind of assets are you bringing back? Because he has this absorbent, exorbitant contract. You know, so whatever team you're sending him to is going to have to really have some financial flexibility or some pieces that they can move. And those pieces are probably veteran contracts. Those are probably contracts that are definitely not as great as they looked when they were originally signed. And you're going to be taking on a bunch of dead weight, which is not what James Harden is looking for. Um, so a lot of questions about that. I personally do agree that, you know, uh, uh, as far as Houston and Philly goes, if they want to do a straight swap, Ben Simmons for Russell Westbrook, that would be the most ideal the most ideal situation for them, or I'm sorry, Ben Simmons for James Harden, that would be the most ideal. Send Harden out of there, send him out East, pair him up with Embiid, and I think that they would have a lot of fun. Um, but again, you know, is Daryl Morey really in a, in a, is he in, is he well served in a position to pull the trigger on a trade like that in his first year? I mean, clearly we know he can get it done. I don't worry about his ability to execute a trade correctly. Um, and nobody should at this point, um, you know, his resume speaks for itself, but does that make sense? And if it, and if it does, you know, what, what are you putting in that deal? What, what are you getting? If Russ is going to Charlotte, what are you getting back from Charlotte as it's looking like they're becoming a very strong suitor, given the connection with Jordan brand, are you getting back, you know, a Terry Rogier, a, a Nick Batum contract, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, and how, and how sexy is that, you know, to the Houston front office, if at all. Houston should be looking for, in my, in my opinion, a way to try to regain those future assets that they lost when they jettisoned Clint Capella. They ha they really have no future draft picks, you know, and if you're looking at a potential rebuild, whether it's one that you kick into action or one that is forced, you want to have some kind of, uh, you know, security on the back end there if you do not have a superstar or even an all-star on your roster, so... Lots of, lots of questions for Houston. They definitely, I mean, this is all systems go for them. They really need to figure this out, and they need to try to get this Russell Westbrook situation resolved with some sense of urgency because you definitely do not want this to carry into a season that already has so much uncertainty surrounding it, um, especially not given, as I said, you know, all the other friction that you have on that roster. So Houston, we have a problem. We're going to continue to have a problem, and we are definitely going to continue to keep our eyes on that situation because it's, it's going to continue to be an interesting one. Um, and in that regard, you know, as we kind of talked about, there's been so many rumors flying left and right. Uh, Drew Holiday is another name that has been continuously ping-ponged from roster to roster. Um, most recently, we've seen some reports about the Celtics potentially being interested in him and trying to move around in the draft in order to potentially offer New Orleans some picks in that regard. Um, same for Atlanta, potentially offering a pick for Drew Holiday. Of course, you know, you have your contenders such as the Clippers, the Brooklyn Nets, et cetera, et cetera, that potentially are interested in the services of Drew Holiday. 
Um, I'm going to start with you again, Doug. In your opinion, what is the best fit roster-wise for Drew Holiday um, and, and, what, and why? Oh, boy, that's a big one. Um, Drew Holiday, roster fit. I, I mean, to be honest with you, as far as fit goes, New Orleans is a good fit. But the problem with New Orleans is they're rebuilding, and he's not wanting to stick around for a rebuild, much like what we just said with, with Harden. Um, so there's been talk about him going to Brooklyn. It depends on what New Orleans would get back for that trade. I think Brooklyn would be a powerhouse team for him to go to. Uh, obviously, Dinwiddie would be involved in that trade, and I think Dinwiddie down in uh, New Orleans would be okay. Um, there's just so much, and there's so many rumors right now going around with, with all these trades and all these people. So, you know, it really all comes down to once we get to the the, the free agency and, and the trades and all that, it comes down to what ends up being the, the first move. Once the first domino falls, I think is when we're really going to look and see what uh, where everything's going to fit in. You know, uh, I really think that he would do really well up in um, in Utah, but Mike Conley has decided he's going to stay with Utah. Uh, he opted in and not do free agency, so um, he would do well in uh, Indiana, I think, to take uh, Oladipo's place uh, and send Oladipo. We know Oladipo wants to get out of there and uh, send him down to New Orleans. Um, but, you know, New Orleans is rebuilding, and he's not going to be a part of that. So I think that without a doubt, you know, you ask about which names are going to be on the move um, this offseason, and, you know, a lot of them are already in the news. Uh, he's definitely one that I see is going to be moved. But uh, I don't really know in regards to Drew Holiday where I want to see him go, uh, where he would fit best. Um, he's not going to stay, but where he goes, I don't know, to be honest with you, David. I don't know. Yeah, I've been I've been thinking about the Drew Holiday situation a lot, and and that's a really like you were saying it. That's a tough one to crack because he it. If I had my choice, I would love to see him stay in New Orleans because I don't think New Orleans is really that much of a rebuild. Honestly, I think they're right there, and I think with Jackson Hayes now coming into a second season and Zion getting him for a full season, Lonzo Ball seems to be really developing nicely down there. Brandon, let me clarify when I say rebuild. Too, Brent. Uh, whenever I say rebuild, what I really meant to say for New Orleans is they're a young team who's who's up and coming and not really ready to win right now. And I think that that's what Drew Holiday is looking for. So you're right. They're not really a rebuild, but they're an up and coming young team is what I meant to say. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I, I would agree with that. I don't I, you know, I don't think they're I still think they're maybe two years away from from being what we consider maybe a championship competitor or at least, especially in the West. But I mean, I think they could surprise a lot of teams this year, uh, especially, you know, if they're able to keep favors around another year, they get holiday, they do, you know, they could be really strong, but man, I've seen, I've seen a lot of stuff with holiday. I've seen holiday to the warriors. Um, I, I honestly, I would love to see holiday go to the bucks. I think that would be a perfect fit for him, you know, with no, with no Gordon there. I think holiday would slide right into that team, but I don't know what the bucks really have to bargain with right now uh, they have some decent young guys and um you know but and i think that would be a that would be a great way to make Giannis sign that super max by bringing in someone of holidays caliber so it's definitely something they should explore i don't know if it's something that could happen i mean i could see i could see the warriors i just don't know how he fits with curry and, and clay that's a i mean i think he could play alongside those guys and 
you know, the Warriors definitely, you know, they have uh, a great pick this year. They have a uh, potentially great pick next year. They have Wiggins. They have the $17 million trade exception. So the Warriors have some flexibility there to bring in a guy like Holiday. I've also seen them attached to Beal, too. Um, and I don't I don't really know who would be a better fit between the two. Probably Beal, just because he's a bit of a better outside shooter than Holiday. He'd probably fit better in the Warriors' scheme. Uh, but I really want to see them go big. If they're not able to get Wiseman in the draft, I really want to see them sign some big guys uh, or figure out a way to go bigger um, because they already have the outside shooting, uh, even with the guys that they have there now with Poole and Pascal and and those guys coming off the bench. They they have the shooting. They just need they need some size if they're going to compete with the Clippers and the Lakers and, and the Nuggets and those, those big teams. Um, if they want to get back to that, they're not going to be able to do that that uh, death lineup anymore <laughs> isn't going to work. I don't think isn't going to fly in the West with the teams there, but yeah, I, ideally I'd like to see holiday go to the bucks. Um, I'm curious if Beal will get traded or not. It seems like him nor Washington, they kind of want to give it a shot. It seems like, uh, and maybe see what happens with wall back and with everybody healthy and with Thomas Bryant and some of the, some of the guys they have developing and Hachimura. So, you know, we could see more of a midseason type deal going down with Beal. Uh, but yeah, as far as holiday goes, first choice, stay with New Orleans. <laughs> Second choice, Milwaukee for me. Yeah, and you know, I- everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Definitely think New Orleans clearly was a good fit for Holiday. I mean... Unfortunately, they didn't necessarily have the most success last season, but his leadership and his role with that team was pretty unquestioned, even though, you know, they brought in Zion. So you can definitely say that it was a pretty good fit there. Um, And to me, the fact that, you know, New Orleans is looking to move off of him is a really curious part because it makes me wonder why Atlanta has really any desire to try to bring him into the fold, especially potentially moving the number six pick. Because, I mean, you look at their set of circumstances and situations, very similar from a roster perspective, very similar as far as the timeline of their potential superstar players. Um, So I just don't really know what Atlanta's desire to do that would be. I think that a lot of that is the fact that Trey Young has kind of kicked their quote-unquote championship timeline um, into gear a little bit sooner than most would have expected, you know, with his kind of desire for them to bolster the roster with some more pieces that'll help them win now. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, they have plenty of time to figure that out, you know, and the last thing that they should do is rush a star or a name more specifically onto the roster and into the arena just to try to, you know, appease their young star. So for Atlanta, I think they just need to take their time. Um, the Celtics, I definitely be interested to see what kind of potential package they could put together. You know, we've talked for, years and years and years and years and years and years about the Celtics Trevor the Celtics treasure trove of assets you know for potential trades and we haven't really seen Danny Ainge have to you know pay the piper yet would this potentially be a situation for him to do so I guess that remains to be seen Um, in my opinion the Celtics need more specifically lies in their front court than their back court with their need for you know a high volume big man or a high caliber big man I should say but Again, you know, these are the kind of inner workings of front offices that you just kind of have to ponder on. And 
in regards to Brooklyn, which I think would be another great fit for Drew Holiday. Personally, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they are able to get a trade done. Um, because it does not look like Bradley Beal is really going to be available for anybody except for the Washington Wizards this season. I know it's a pipe dream for most NBA rosters, you know, whether it be the Lakers, the Nets, et cetera, et cetera, the Warriors. Um, but it doesn't look like he's going to be moving. Uh, Tommy Shepard does not look like he's looking to move Bradley Beal. And Bradley Beal looks like he wants to at least try it out with John Wall, who, you know, is looking like he's going to be returning to the court and actually has looked pretty good in, in the limited clips that I have seen of him playing. So an interesting situation to watch in Washington, but as far as Brooklyn's concerned, I think that they could offer, you know, new Orleans, the most assets as far as right now, ready to go roster talent. Karis LeVert would align pretty well with the rest of their young core, as far as their timeline and his fit, um, I think would be pretty good. You may have to wonder, you know, kind of how he would fit next to BI. Uh, Cause obviously Ingram really took a step forward last season and we expect that to continue, but Definitely something that I think could be worked out. You could also look at a Jared Allen potentially. Uh, obviously, they like Jackson Hayes, but he's definitely not as developed in the NBA as, as Jared Allen is. And to you know your point, what happens with Derek Favors if we don't see him return to the roster? Then that could just make a, a guy like Jared Allen a lot more valuable to uh, David Griffin and that 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 group there. Um, so lots of lots of options for Drew Holiday. Uh, I definitely do not think that he will be on the New Orleans Pelicans when uh, the season gets started on the 22nd here. Um, I expect him to be one of the first kind of quote-unquote dominoes to fall, if you will. And I think that once we have an idea of where Holiday is, is going to be landing, that will spurn a lot of other teams into action to kind of figure out what they're going to do as they know that uh, he's not available. Um, all three uh, all three Holiday brothers on Indiana would be pretty cool. You know, it would be pretty cool to say that you have all three Holidays in one um you know that's that, that's pretty rare uh and you know maybe something to sell the fans unfortunately there won't be fans in the stands uh <laughs> so maybe you wish you could have got that done. the virtual fans <laughs> yeah yeah maybe you wish you could have got that done a little bit sooner but yeah that would be that would be pretty cool to see all the holidays under one fold uh and i think you know the pacers again would be a good fit for them you know they, they especially with christmas ball handler Especially with the right on Christmas start, you know, home for the holidays. I could see the marketing ads now in Indiana. Holiday bonanza in Indiana, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and, you know, there's there's going to be a lot of speculation as we continue down this this path to the the NBA uh, the NBA start here for this next season. And you know, there's been a lot of rumors, as you know, I continue to say, rumors, rumors, rumors. Another rumor that was flying around today is uh, not only uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, but potentially potentially Oladipo and Zach Levine um, have all kind of registered the Mavericks interest. You know, we know the Mavericks are interested in potentially trying to add Giannis Antetokounmpo next off season. If he does uh, find himself available in the free agent market, but more immediately uh, several teams have inquired about the availability of Zach Levine in Chicago. Uh, There was also a report coming out today about Victor Oladipo verbally uh, (laughs) expressing a desire to join other teams rosters while he was accompanied by his other teammates. So read into that, what you will. um, And then of course you know the conversations about a potential chris paul landing in uh in phoenix um and what they could do to kind of swap that out um obviously okc already has a treasure show of picks i'm sure they would love to add to that um what phoenix could do to kind of help them out with that was was looking less on the pick side and more on the asset side you know they could give them rubio they could give them a kelly Oubre, um you know some other pieces here Obviously, if we're talking about the Dallas Mavericks going after Zach Levine, you could probably say bye to Tim Hardaway Jr. You could probably say bye to um, 
Maxi Kleba. Maxi Kleba. You know, you're going to have to move around some salary there um, because the the Mavericks are clearly looking for another playmaker and another scorer to kind of take that burden off of Luka. Um, I'm going to start with you, Brent. In your opinion, if you're the Dallas Mavericks and you're looking at, you know, Zach Levine and Oladipo, Spencer Dinwiddie, who do you think would be the best fit for that roster um, and, and why? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, and I, I want to make sure we talk about the De, the DeRozan to Lakers rumors here in a little and bit the, after. And uh, <laughs> I was ask you about that. It's going to be a two-parter. So then, and then same same question there. Is DeMar DeRozan a good fit for the Lakers? And if not the Lakers, who? Because it does look like San Antonio is pivoting towards a rebuild and they're looking to get DeRozan off the roster since he only has a year remaining on that contract. Cool. And that also bought me a little bit of time to think about the uh, Dallas Mavericks question. So, man, better fit between Levine, Dinwiddie, and who was the who was the third one? Uh, Oladipo. And Oladipo. Well, I think I think Levine and Luca are sort of redundant um, on on that team. I would. I think. Honestly, I think a better fit would probably be Dinwiddie just because of the the ball handling. I know Oladipo and Levine have more star power, but but Dinwiddie has shown the ability to be to be a scorer when needed. But he also he also has the the ball handling ability, the point guard skills that uh, Levine and Oladipo are lacking a little bit. I think Luca, Oladipo, and Levine are all kind of the same player in a sense, although. I think, you know, on a team like Dallas with with uh, Carlisle and with, you know, when you're when you're looking at competing like that, I think guys like Levine and Oladipo who've really been um, in with with a star like Luca on that team, I think they they would be a little bit more comfortable maybe taking a step back, kind of a la Curry Durant when they went to the Warriors together. Uh, so I don't think it would be a huge problem to have a Levine or an Oladipo on the team, but. I think just from a from a asset perspective, what it would cost you to get them, and also from a fit perspective, I think Dinwiddie makes a lot a lot of sense on on Dallas. Then um, that's probably where I would focus my attention. I think you'd have to give up too much depth to get an Oladipo or, or a Levine, possibly. But it all really comes down to what what's the deal going to be. And then just quickly on on the DeRozan thing, you know, I heard they probably have to give up what Green and Kuzma. Uh, to get DeRozan potentially, you know what? Kuzma is, did not impress me at all last year. And he has a little bit more of an ability to stretch the floor than DeRozan, but I don't really think he's that much better of an outside shooter than DeRozan. Honestly, uh, I would love to see the the DeRozan on that team with, uh, with LeBron and, and AD. I think they would be way scarier. I don't think Kuzma, I'm not super high on Kuzma after last season. His rookie season, everybody obviously thought, wow, this guy came out of nowhere. He looks like a star in the making. But it, maybe he just had a hard time with having the two superstars on his team or, or something like that. But I just was not impressed. So I, I could totally see a package of, of a green and Kuzma for a guy like DeRozan and, and that being a really great fit. All right. So in my opinion, uh, I know, Brian, you, you had said Dinwiddie, I think, was your choice for, for Dallas. Yep. Um, I'm actually looking at I want to keep Doncic on the ball. I don't want him to be off the ball. And I think Dinwiddie and Levine demand the ball too much uh, as point guards. Uh, Oladipo, I think, is going to be better out of the three off ball. 
because uh, I don't want to take Doncic off the ball. He, his court vision, his ability to make plays, be a playmaker, I think we need to have him on the ball if I was Dallas. So I would choose Oladipo out of those three as the best fit uh, for Dallas to play off the ball and keep Doncic on the ball more. Um, that's just my opinion. And when it comes to DeRozan, um, I think if the Lakers, you know, there's there's a lot going on right now with, with that situation. I, I think a lot of people have said DeRozan to the Lakers would be a great fit. The problem with DeRozan is he hasn't, uh, he didn't even average one three-point per game last year. And with LeBron, you want to stretch the floor. But, you know, DeRozan still got 22 points per game, five rebounds, I think four and a half, five assists. So he's an all-around great player. I think if you could get uh, Derrick Rose and DeRozan somehow to the Lakers, I think that right there would be your best combo. That would be a phenomenal team. Um, I do like DeRozan with the Lakers, though. I do. That's just a talent you don't want to pass up, really. Uh, I think that's a possibility. I think if you can get uh, Avery Bradley to opt in to his player option and trade him in that package with Green and Kuzma, I think that would definitely seal the deal. Um, And I think right now, from the news that just came out is, you know, uh, Avery Bradley is changing um, agents. He's going to go with a different agency, and he's actually weighing on picking up his option or not. Sounds like he wants to try and test free agency. Uh, I don't know that he's going to get more than $5 million. That player option is $5 million for him. I don't know that he's going to get more than $5 million next year, um, especially with the, the salary cap and all the other free agents out there. There's not going to be a lot of money. It's going to be a free-for-all frenzy when the free agency kicks off. If you haven't already established where you're going to go as a free agent by now behind closed doors, you're, I think it's kind of too late because whenever the free agency opens up officially, everybody's going to already have, not supposed to, but they're going to already kind of know where they're going to go. So, uh, But I think if the Lakers can talk him into signing that player option and then trading him with Kuzma and Green to, to San Antonio, I think that uh, you know DeRozan plus a, maybe a small player or a pick would be good to come back. Uh, but, you know, you're looking at San Antonio. They already have a better version of Kyle Kuzma, in my opinion, with Trey Lyles. Uh, Trey Lyles, in my opinion, is a better player than Kyle Kuzma, and they already have him out there for the forward spot. So um, hopefully that continues and he continues to play well. Um, but I, I think that Green going back to San Antonio is a great fit. It's a great way for him to, uh, I don't want to say end his career, but kind of play out his uh, play out his career. Uh, back in San Antonio, kind of where it all began. But um, Kuzma Green, and I think if you can talk Avery Bradley in, that'd be the way to go. And I think DeRozan would definitely come back, and San Antonio would do that trade, I think. so. I think if uh, you that, could get uh, Bryn Forbes back with DeRozan, that'd be a nice fit, another yeah. outside shooter. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Bryn Forbes would be good. Um, you're not going to get Derek White. Um, they like yeah. Derek White too much out there. Uh, Bryn Forbes wouldn't be a bad uh, player to come back to with those those three going to San Antonio and two players coming back. Uh, Lakers kind of need to make up some um, draft picks too, uh, because LeBron ain't going to be around forever, and they still need a draft pick so that they can you know get Bronny whenever he comes into the to the draft. So <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens there. But that's my opinion there on those two uh, topics. So they need a Dallas. late second rounder. Yep. Oh, oh, not even close. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I think Bronny's oh, in the top the shade. five. Yeah. Just name value alone. Yeah, speaking of the draft, I think that uh, topic's coming up too, huh, David? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's the perfect segue because the question we're going to close on today is obviously about the NBA draft. You know, there's a lot of questions about 
who is in the top five, who is number one, who, 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 sound like an owl out here. Okay. There's a lot of questions and we're going to try to answer them the best of our ability. So Doug, I'm going to start with you since you're already locked in. If you are Minnesota and you have the illustrious number one overall pick, I mean, and we can speculate about the rest of the draft, but number one is really where it's at. You have the number one pick, you have D'Angelo Russell, you have Carl Anthony Towns, and you have the future you have of your Michael franchise. Beasley. Oh God! <laughs> Regrettably, some some are good, some are bad, but you have a roster. Um, who are you? Who are you taking? Who are you more confident in taking? Do you value the superstar potential of Lamelo Ball? Do you value the franchise caliber? Uh, talent of a James Wiseman, do you prioritize the NBA readiness of an Anthony Edwards? Or do you take, you know, player X, unknown player Z? (laughs) So here's my here's my opinion. If you ask me, if I am the Minnesota Timberwolves, if I'm the Minnesota Timberwolves, I trade the number one pick for a future draft pick, Frank Nelikina and Julius Randle. Um, and maybe plus some other players or whatnot, but and that's what I would do. Um, I think getting Julius Randle, yeah, nicotine. <laughs> uh, I think getting Frankie getting nicotine. him. I think getting uh, getting something like that is a package built somewhere similar to that to New York. Look, Lamella Ball. That's my number one pick if I was picking in the draft. I just do not think that he is a good fit with Minnesota. I think they are kind of pigeonholed into selecting him because he is the best player available for them. I say that because James Wiseman would not be picked for Minnesota because you have Carl Anthony Towns there, so on and so forth. So I think that the best option for Minnesota, if you don't trade the pick, is Lonzo, is, I'm sorry, LaMelo Ball. Um, but I think that they would get uh, a pretty good haul coming back uh, for the number one pick. And I just say New York because I personally wanted – Two, two teams to get LaMelo Ball. I wanted either the Cleveland Cavaliers or the New York Knicks to get uh, LaMelo Ball. Um, I'm a huge Melo Ball fan. I know a lot of people are not. Uh, his interviews did not go very well with the uh, the draft interviews process. But you got to know LaMelo. I've been watching the Ball and the Family show since it started. I, I keep up on LaMelo Ball, LiAngelo, all them people. Uh, and LaMelo has always been like that. That that interview process is not where LaMelo is going to shine. Put a ball in his hand, put him on the court with grown-ass men, and he's going to show you where he shines. You're saying shut up and dribble? <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is is he's one of those young cats who he just really can't you know, articulate well behind the camera. If you look at Lonzo Ball when Lonzo was uh, first getting into the, you know, the media attention and all that stuff – even now, his answers are very, very short when it comes to media questions. He is very by the book. It's very agent oriented, you know, you know, trained, and it's very short answers. And that's how Lamelo is. And they just they don't do well whenever it comes to interviews. So that's kind of been the only shade on Lamelo. But I've watched him in you know Lithuania. I've watched him at Spire Academy. I've watched him in Australia. I mean, I follow these ball boys. And, you know, I have always said LaMelo is going to be better than his brother Lonzo, and Lonzo is going to have a great career. And I, think La- I think LaMelo is going to be better. I honestly feel that way. So that's what I – if I was Minnesota, I would trade the pick. 
because I don't think LaMelo would be a good fit there behind D'Angelo Russell. They just got him after a long time of, you know, courting him and trying to get him there and Golden State stepping in and getting in the way of that and then them trading for him. And so I think bringing Julius Randle back, which is another Kentucky player, you know, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, they have a close-knit family there with Kentucky. So that would be good. Um, you know, but you could trade that pick to anybody and you're going to get, you know. Let me throw one out to talent. you, Doug. Yeah, man. Number one pick to Charlotte for the third pick, and you bring back Miles Bridges, and who else would you need to throw in? Would they need mm. to throw in more than Bridges and yeah. Rozier? <laughs> or I, I want to say PJ Washington, but I don't know if Charlotte would let him go. Yeah, no, that's a hard one. There's just contract in there because I know Charlotte Hell wants no. Wiseman bad. Yeah, well, that's fine, but Charlotte ain't going to get Wiseman because they ain't going to get higher than Golden State, and Golden State's already said they're picking him, and everybody believes that Golden that's State needs it. That's why they have to trade it. for the first pick. Yeah, well, they, I don't think that Charlotte has enough for the first pick, unfortunately, unless there's a third team that's going to get involved there, and I just don't see it happening. Um, uh, Houston may be a third pick, though, though so Minnesota I don't know. could still get Ball yeah. 3 in that scenario, unless the Warriors take Ball, but they'd probably take Edwards. No, they yeah, they they would. I don't know that they would take ball. They may. You never know. But yeah, that's that's what I would do. Um, you know, they, there was a poll that was put up on Twitter um, not too long ago, um, like last, yesterday or something, uh, and it was who would you take at the number one pick? Twenty three thousand votes uh, went onto that poll, and forty four percent of people said Lamella Ball. Thirty eight percent of people said Anthony Edwards, and James Wiseman was third. So twenty three thousand people agree with me that Lamella Ball is the best uh, pick in the draft. And uh, so I just don't think he's a good fit for Minnesota. So I would trade it personally uh, and, and see what kind of haul you could get back for it. I know they're shopping it. Just why wouldn't you to see what you could get back, you know? So, yeah. And I don't think Golden State is going to be trading with them to get the number one pick because I, I think that they know Minnesota wouldn't take it. But I don't know. We'll see. But that's my opinion. Yeah, I don't, I don't see the Warriors trading for the number one pick. I definitely see them taking Wiseman if he's there. Um, I could see the Warriors definitely trading down though, because uh, I know they they like that that Israeli kid a lot, uh, Avidya or, or I don't know how you pronounce his name. Um, I know they like Obi Toppin a lot. Obi Toppin's come out and said the Warriors have kind of shown told him that they that he that they like him. Um, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of good there's a lot of players that fit what the Warriors need that they could get down in maybe like the five, six, seven area, uh, that are rim runner, rim protector guys. I personally, as a Warriors fan, I would love to see them keep the pick, take Wiseman and develop him into something behind, you know, Chris and Looney this season, um, you know, let him grow into something I've seen. He's, he's got a pretty nice lefty lefty stroke from the outside. Um, he certainly could develop into protectors in the league, um, uh, but I also, I also like, you know, I also like Obi Toppin a lot. Um, I like, uh, what's his name? Halliburton a lot. I don't know how good a fit he is on the Warriors, but there's, there's some really good players. You know, they say this is, isn't a, isn't a deep draft, but I, I disagree. I mean, I think it's deep as in, you know, the lottery, the lottery is pretty deep. Um, and maybe it's just that all the players are kind of there's nobody really separating themselves except for maybe the those top three that you were talking about and, and perhaps ball because of the the name recognition and playing against, um, you know, professional talent in Australia maybe gives him the edge. But I, I think the Warriors are probably 
to win this year are probably better off trading down, getting getting a solid piece. I mean, Bulls will trade them Wendell Carter in the fourth pick for the second. I would take that in a heartbeat. I would much rather have Wendell Carter right now than Wiseman. But if you're looking at, you know, long term, yeah, who do, do, do you want to build? You want to build your team for the future post post Curry, post Clay, post Dre. Uh, you know, I think Wiseman's the pick uh, for the for having that, you know, kind of long term piece to, to build around. If you, I feel like, you know, you can always find shooters, you know, you can always find uh, slashers. But but having that that true number five rim protector type guy is is really tough and that and that that kind of harkens back to why i was really surprised houston traded capella when you have a guy developing like that who can run the pick and roll who can step out on on shorter guys and guard them who can protect the rim like that who can offensive rebound like he can i don't know how you ever let a guy like that go and i think wiseman has the potential to be that and i think on a team like the warriors with their with their time frame right now he could develop really nicely and be ready to step in as the star when when they start having to trade guys like Draymond and Clay later on in their careers and and you know i know bob myers hope curry can play till he's 40 but uh you know we've seen what happened with tom brady we thought he could play into his 40s and look what's happening this season so uh i yeah, I, I, I prefer Wiseman, although uh, I'll take Wendell Carter in the fourth in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, I think Golden State, you know, they would be well served to just, if Wiseman's there, to just take him. Um, kind of have, again, you know, that that assurance, that, that, that backup, if you will, for when you do not have, you know, your Steph Curry, your Draymond Green, your Clay Thompson's on the roster. As you know, one day that will be the case in, in the Bay. Um, and Wiseman, I mean, he, he has a lot of potential. I mean, he's, he's a big guy, but he can come out on the perimeter. He moves like a wing. Um, he's very similar to a Deandre Ayton, if you will, maybe a little bit more agile. So I definitely think he has a lot of potential and I definitely like his upside. Um, and yeah, LaMelo ball, that's really, I mean, that's the biggest question mark of the draft. Uh, he can go anywhere from what they've been saying, anywhere from one to six to, I mean, I don't see him falling out of the top 10. I think that would be pretty shocking. But in a draft where there really isn't a consensus, number one, let alone a consensus top 10, um, we should expect a lot of variance uh, and kind of last minute changes, especially with some teams looking to potentially shuffle their picks uh, to, you know, bring in some more uh, roster ready talent from other NBA teams. So we'll see. Uh, it's definitely going to continue to be a sprint. Uh, and that sprint is going to lead us right into the marathon in the NBA season. So lots of information to cover and we'll be sure to provide it all for you here. Uh, as we kind of sign off for this evening, I definitely want to just say, I appreciate both you guys hopping onto the podcast again for another episode. Uh, it's always a pleasure having you guys in the booth. Yeah, as uh, always, A lot of good energy on the pod tonight. Uh, a lot of informative, a lot of informative pieces here. And, you know, I think it's just a lot of fun. You can have a good group of guys together and talk about, everything going on in the NBA with a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of levity uh, and a whole lot of fun. So you're always going to be able to find that from us here on the podcast. So be sure you tune in. If you haven't already, please be sure you like subscribe and review uh, the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening. We greatly appreciate it. Um, I'll start with you, Brent. Brent, do you have anything coming up for uh, hoop ball or otherwise this week? Yeah, well, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Brent Middleman. Um, I have a YouTube channel called The Middleman where I do TV, movie reviews and breakdowns, things like that. Uh, yeah, and then uh, just be ready for Hoopball TV coming soon. Hoopball TV, we cannot wait. Make sure that you keep your eyes 
peeled because uh, we'll have lots of information for you. If you haven't already checked out our website, please do hoop-ball.com. Lots of awesome info on there. And also check us out on Twitter. Um, all of our hoop ball tags are out there for you. Doug, uh, pass it over to you. Do you have anything coming up for uh, hoop ball or otherwise this week? Yeah, I, I do. Uh, there's uh, some major moves happening in hoop ball, uh, as Brent kind of mentioned. Uh, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag on my end, but I have a couple lines out there for some major things happening. So we'll see. Stay tuned. You can stay tuned to my Twitter account at, at KY Pro Basketball, at KY Pro Basketball. And uh, a lot going on. I got a lot going on in my personal life. I'm moving and getting a new job, so on and so forth. But uh, hoop ball uh, remains a focus as well. So a lot of good content coming out. Make sure you guys. Check out hoop-ball.com as well for your premium content. Premium content's rolling out right now. You got the uh, Brewski 150 coming out soon, the draft guy. There's a wager pass for all you betters out there. Uh, check out the uh, the website. All the information's out there. Highly recommend you get in on that premium content. It's definitely the way to go if you want to win your fantasy league this year for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if you're trying to make some money, uh, make some money back or make some money on top of the money you already got, definitely want to check out all the hoop ball tools that we have, premium content and otherwise uh, top of the line, industry rated. Um, and it's going to give you all the need to know that you can prepare yourself for for your draft day um, and for the regular season. So make sure that you check that out. Really awesome stuff. As always, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at DFB underscore three. Uh, hit me up with any questions that you have, uh, anything you're looking for us to talk about on the show or just conversation, please. At, uh, at any time, you know, it's a, it's a lot of fun uh, to be able to hop on the podcast with these guys. But we have some really awesome subscribers and listeners. And I always love engaging with our audience. So I really look forward to getting to know everybody a little bit better. Um, well, for everybody here uh, at the Hootball Universe and on the Box Score Breakdown, we greatly appreciate everybody who tuned in for tonight's episode. As I said, the NBA draft is right around the corner next week. Uh, free agency coming up as well, so we're going to have lots of pods flying at you. Uh, we'll try to get into a rhythm of having one a day, so plenty of content for you to consume and plenty of content for you to download and save for your commutes, your car rides, or otherwise. Maybe even just your weekend. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the sultry sounds of the box score breakdown. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Doug, Brent, I appreciate both you guys for hopping on. Always everybody a pleasure. Out there, Be safe out there, guys. Absolutely, everybody. Stay happy, stay healthy, and keep hooping. We'll talk to you all soon. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.